Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. All right, Steve Versnick, here's what I'll say about the Lightning's 4 to nothing win over Florida to take that series four games to two. That was the Stanley Cup champion team I remember. Um, they played the way they played in, in winning it a year ago. I mean, you know, anytime you have another elimination game, this time, you know, for Florida playing their second one, and Andre Vasilevsky, the greatest goaltender on the planet, throws a shutout at you, you know, 29 saves. Um, but more than that, they they just played efficient. I think before we came on, you said it was a clinic. It was. I mean, in every way you want to play. Now, that's not to say they didn't give us some chances, but mm-hmm. their goaltender was there to stop them, as he always has in the past. And I also thought getting Barkley Goodrell back was a big key. Um, but this hockey team, that that's the hockey team I remember lifting the cup a year ago. The way they executed, and it wasn't always clean. Florida's a really good team, first of all. Um, you know, normally two teams this good don't face off in the first round of a Stanley Cup playoffs, but this year is so different than any other year. Right. You know, it's possible, and depend. you know, we don't know how far the Lightning will go, but let's say the Lightning go all the way to the Stanley Cup. This mm-hmm. may be the best offensive team they face in the playoffs. I mean, Florida's a better offensive team than Carolina and Nashville, who's the next opponent, one of those two. And then, you know, depending on the Islanders, they're not – they're a stout defensive team. They're not a stellar offensive team. Um, the Bruins uh, are a good offensive team, but I don't think they're as good as Florida. I, I, you know, they've got – I mean, that top line is phenomenal. Uh, then you start going through – Toronto's a really good offensive team. Maybe they would be – but, you know, depending on who you would face. So let's give a lot of credit to Florida, first of all. I mean, that is a that's a very talented, younger team. Uh, particularly in in playoff experience, but the Lightning and, and, and traditionally in the last few seasons, they play really well coming off losses. You know when when they when they lose a playoff game, the next game you know they're going to have a better effort. They don't always win it, but they they usually predominantly have better efforts. And tonight was, and they wow. they executed well. They were in, they were taken to the body. They were not playing. They were not. Trying to take pucks away with sticks, they were taking the body this game, right? Which, which is you know what you want to see is that's mm-hmm. a more efficient way to take out a guy. Sure. Um, I, I just thought I thought it was it was a very well played game. I thought Barclay Goodrow, not only is is he impactful for everything he does from penalty kill to face offs to being on that third line, that allowed Ross Colton to go back to that fourth line. And boy, wouldn't you know that fourth line is the one who creates the first goal. Hmm. You know, yeah, Tyler Johnson speed was phenomenal. Great hustle, great hustle to negate that, yeah. the icing and then get it to Pat Maroon. But mm-hmm. but by Ross Colton now not playing on the second or third line with this team, yeah, you know, good row back. He goes down to the fourth line and it just makes now now you had four four lines that could score. Mm-hmm. You know, you you really didn't have that when when Goodrow was out and Colton was moved up. That fourth line had struggled, and sometimes they would only have two and, and rotate guys in Yanni Gord or others, but it wasn't a 
it wasn't a potential scoring threat until Ross Colton came back to that line. And then you had, you know, Ross Colton and Tyler Johnson's speed as well as Maroon's hands and, and grit. And, and it became an impactful line, and that was the first goal of the game. And that, that was a huge goal. To get that lead, you put all the pressure on Florida at that point. Yeah, and they, they had the lead in this series. Even the last game, um, they wound up losing. They were winning one to nothing in that one. But, um, yeah, to, to your point, I, I thought it lengthens, you know, their, their lines. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, Goudreau, I, I was, you know, nobody knew necessarily. You just don't hear anything about injuries whether he would be back. But when you look at this hockey team with Kucherov, um, Stamkos obviously back, um, you know, now you get Goudreau. I mean, th- this is this is the group, right? This is the bunch that, that won it all. And they didn't have those guys, um, you know, on the ice together. Obviously, Kucherov wasn't there. So he changes everything, um, especially on the power play. That power play is about as lethal as it can be right now. And you saw it with, Stamkos's goal, which you know the one timer um, that he had to give them a, a two to nothing lead, which I thought was was just enormous. Um, well, another bad penalty by Sam Bennett too. Terrible. You remember yeah. he took the penalty in the first game when he charged or Gets suspended, they, they called yeah. boarding, but they were up four to three in the third period, and that right. power play is what allowed the Lightning to tie the game mm-hmm. before they went on to win it. Right. And then he was suspended for game two, and then he takes a bad penalty in game six. That leads to the power play goal by Steven Stamkos and a 2-0 lead for the Lightning. And that wasn't insurmountable, but the way the Lightning were playing, you didn't feel like they were going to give up two goals at that point. Right. And, and so that became a very tough hill for Florida to climb. Yeah. No, it was it was a mistake. It was uh, uh, You played right into the Lightning's hands. Um, there wasn't a lot of chippiness really in the last two games of this series. I mean, I thought, you know, for the most part, they, you know, they stopped – well, Florida couldn't afford to put the Lightning on the power play. No, because they were too lethal. And, yeah. and quite frankly, the Lightning didn't want to put Florida on the power play no. because their power play was really good. Yep, exactly you know, right. Five-on-five play in the series, I, I think the Lightning had the better play five-on-five. Five. Florida played well, but mm-hmm. you know that was the whole thing, is, is both teams needed to, to stay out of the penalty box. And that you know that penalty by Sam, I mean, you know, McDonough gets the high stick penalty. That happens. Uh, you know, th- those aren't intentional things like that. But Bennett didn't need to do that to David Savard. He didn't right. need to put him in a headlock and rip his helmet off. Right. You know, that's that, a that, selfish act. It, it was. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. you didn't like the check that was laid on you. Well, you know, you got to move on from that. You can't do that. You know, he cost his team. Yeah, I thought so. Um, you know, just looking at the shots, I mean, Florida had, uh, you know, they outshot them. They, they had 50, 56, but, I mean, in terms of shots on goal, uh, just 29 and 0-2 oh on the power play, which was huge, killing off the two power play chances they had. The Lightning beat them in every category. I mean, you can go down the line. They they, they played better with the exception of maybe a couple of face-offs, but they statistically um, and just the way they looked. I give a lot of credit, though, you know, they, throughout this series, they were pushing, pushing, and, and, and there's listening to Joel Quinville after the game. They lost the first round a year ago, but this was a different team this year, mm-hmm. um, an explosive team offensively, one that, you know, if there's a team that's going to fight minute to minute, game to game, any harder than Florida, I'm not sure I want to play them because they're, they they competed right, right until, right, until they heard the final horn. I mean, mm-hmm. those guys were getting after it, and – you know, you have a, a 19, just turned 20-year-old goaltender in Spencer Knight that comes in in an elimination game and 
plays out of his mind, and he get he he earned the the next start, and he actually played really well. I mean, he stopped. Uh, I think he stopped point one time on a breakaway. I mean, he made some some dazzling mm-hmm. saves to keep them at one to nothing for a long part of that game. And so, you know, had Florida been able to tie that up, who knows? I mean, the one thing that was clear, and we knew this anyway, and it makes sense, right? But John Cooper reiterated, he goes, look, we did not want to go back to Florida. We did not want to go to Sunrise mm-hmm. and play a game seven. You know, that that was nothing we wanted to be a part of. Um, so from that standpoint, you know, the Lightning understood what was at stake. It's it's Game sevens are unpredictable. They're great to watch if you're a fan, um, as long as you don't have a dog in the hunt. But um, I, I mean, I couldn't, I wouldn't be able to imagine how tough that would be, you know, if Florida tied the series up and had had a game seven on their home ice. What I what I'm frustrated by, if I were a Lightning fan, a little bit would be, you know, just the the structure of these playoffs. In that, you know, you didn't know how the divisions were going to fall, but they fell the way they did. The Lightning finished third. The Panthers were second in their division, and oh, by the way, the next round you could be playing the Carolina Panthers, who were first, or, or the Carolina Hurricane, who were first. And it's just you know those are teams you're so familiar with, and and maybe the best teams there are, you know what I mean? Like that was the toughest division, I think. Um, who's to say you didn't see the teams out west? But yeah, I think it is. I mean, I, I still think Colorado's the best team in, in the NHL this yes. season. I, you mm-hmm. know. Um, and I think I think Vegas is pretty good. I think you mm-hmm. know, Toronto we don't know yet. Right. Um, Boston is better offensively than they've been, particularly since they got Taylor Hall on the trade at the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. You know, but we know that we know that they're a playoff tested team. You know, so there's some good teams, that, but you know, I, yeah, I don't think top three teams. I don't think there's a better division in hockey than this one, and that that's what made it tough. Is that you know the Lightning may get Carolina. We'll see. So game six is tonight. Carolina does hold a three games to two edge over Nashville. Mm-hmm. If you want the Lightning to get some rest, you want to root for Nashville tonight mm-hmm. to force that them to go to a game seven on Saturday, right? Which would mean I, I don't think the Lightning's next series would start till at least Monday. Well, wouldn't you just be a big Nashville fan all the way through? I mean, I, 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 nothing against. You know, I think I'd Carolina, face Nashville. Yeah, yeah, I think Nashville would be a, a team that you would embrace playing over Carolina. Not, I mean, they're going to have to play who they play, but um, yeah, if Nashville can come back and win that series, but even if they extend it, you're right. It gives them extra days. I mean, you come out of these, you come out of these series and, and these guys have got to just be beat up, right? I mean, physically days off, I think days off probably mean more now than any other point in the season, right? Mm-hmm. Just get, you know, if it's one day, if it's an extra day, if you get one day on something, I mean, fresh wheels, all of that. But, the, but this hockey team, I, I can't get over how, and I know teams are going to be mad about this in terms of salary cap and all that, but getting Nikita Kucherov <laughs> for the playoffs just seems unfair to me in some ways. You know, like you watch the Lightning all year and you go, well, they're probably going to win. They might win their division. No, they're second, they're first, they're third, they're second. And, you know, the, it was always about the playoffs, right? They were going to make the playoffs. And at some point that that took precedence over everything. But then here comes a guy who who seems Steve I can't tell physically that that there's that he's really that he missed the whole season. I mean, can you really tell? Maybe you can to the naked eye, but to me watching him move around and skate and the way he sees the ice um I mean, he looks like Nikita Kucherov to me. Look, he, he set a franchise record with 11 points in a playoff series. 
he <laughs> Not absolutely <bad. laughs> he absolutely changed the the series. I mean, you know, the first two games, Florida had no clue how to defend the power play because they right. hadn't seen Kucherov all year on that. Right. And he completely changed it. And if you saw tonight on the power plays, particularly the power plays, mm-hmm. Nikita Kucherov had no space. Right, which is why Stamkos had the shot, and, and that's right. Know, they were not going to let Nikita Kucherov beat them mm-hmm. or make the plays, and so then the other guys do. I mean, that's that's where when you have the full complement of power play for the Lightning, you've got Hedman at the point who had what eight assists in this series, tied Nikita Kucherov for the most, and seven of those were power play assists. Mm. Um, Hedman, and then you Stamkos and Kuch, and then you get Point and Kalorn. Pick your poison. What do you want to stop? Because those are five potent offensive players, right? I mean, you know who you you know who you want to stop. And and and, and look, the power play. As much as Hedman's a quarterback, it's it runs through Kucherov, and getting him back. You saw how how lethal that power play was from from the jump in this series by having him back. Because while Hedman's the quarterback there on, at the blue line, it really runs through. Kucherov and his creativity and his vision on the ice of where that pass is going next. Right. It's incredible. I mean, even the pass, we haven't even talked yet about Braden Point. Well, the goal, the, the pass that he makes to Braden Point sets up sets up Point. But the move that Point puts on, <laughs> listen, I don't care I don't care if you're, if you're in your first year in the NHL as a goaltender or your last, you're not stopping that move. No. no. I mean, that was just special. Both those guys are special. And, and that pass was, was phenomenal. And he splits two defenders, you know, mm-hmm. before he gets tonight. And then, I don't know, backhand, forehand, I don't know what he did, but it was it was sens- sensational uh, finish. And that, that was your game right there. I mean, even at, you know, at 2-0, they, they had a chance, but not at 3-0. So, yeah, Cooch, I mean, his ability to, to make plays, make passes like that, to your point on the power play, they're just it just changes the entire dynamic. I mean, there's there's not – really a comparison to what they are on the ice with him versus without him. So as long as they can keep him healthy, you know, Stamkos has scored some goals now. Um, he's always lethal on the power play, but he's, he's you know, he scored, you know, in these playoffs, which is what you want him to do. He showed up. You could feel him out there. Um, they had some other guys, like we mentioned earlier, Tyler Johnson, I think has played pretty well, you know, showed a lot of speed, a lot of grit. Um you know, created that 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 first goal. I mean, so I, they. I thought Mc, playing great. I thought McDonough was phenomenal in this series. He was. He was. Uh, he was he the best defenseman was. for the Lightning for the mm-hmm. whole series. I mean, he was. Right. I thought Sergachev tonight was fantastic. Hmm. Um. You know, I mean, Hedman Hedman was good, and he's always good. But McDonough on that back end, this whole series has just been lights out. Yeah. Yeah. He's been he's been phenomenal, and he's needed to be. Mm-hmm. You know, I think because I don't think I don't think Hedman is completely healthy, um, but yeah, defensively, and that was the thing, right? They played in their structure. They got out of whack. You know, the the previous game, um, they chased the puck all over the place. It wasn't it wasn't a good game. This one, they were smart. Um, they were in control. And Florida, just just you know, they fought again. They competed like hell, but it just never you never felt like the game was in jeopardy once they got that second goal. So. Listen, I mean, I, I, they, it's it's such a grind. I mean, that's the thing. You come out of these games and you go, "Wow, that's just one series. <laughs> that's one series. You got to do this." Only four out of sixteen. It's crazy, isn't it? Mm-hmm. What a grind, man! What a grind! And you, and, it, and I know it wasn't that long ago. It was less than a full year ago. But I mean, 
to go through and win a Stanley Cup has got to be the hardest championship there is. It's just I, I can't think of a, a tougher one. I mean, you know, I, I mean, every sport gets ramped up, and you know, basketball gets a little more physical and that, and and football. But of course, you know, it's what four games to win a Super Bowl, right? Um, not that that's nothing. I mean, football is still the most at the end of a of a sixteen but, game season yeah. or seventeen game season as it'll be this year. That's a yeah. long. That's a long season. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely is. But to to go through two months of you know anywhere from sixteen to twenty eight games of that in hockey to get to oh. the Stanley Cup is just unreal. Yeah, well, maybe we can have nice things again. Uh, and, and let's just say this too before we move on to the race: how nice is it, just from a I don't know human level, to see fans. At a sporting event, fourteen thousand or so they had at Emily Arena. I want to say it was ten thousand. Ten thousand. It was a ten thousand. Yep. Boys felt like fourteen. Um, they were loud. Um, they were into it. It, it just—I don't know. It—I—I've sat here in this very room and watched these games a year ago in the bubble, and and I'm still amazed that those guys had to do what they did without you know the juice you get from a home crowd or even a visiting crowd. Um, that's got to make all the difference in the world to those guys, right? Because they, you know, as much as the, the the fans didn't get to enjoy it, the team, the hockey team didn't get to enjoy the fans enjoying it. If that makes sense, like they, well, look, this th- is the entertainment performers. business. Yeah, they're, yeah performers. they're performers. This is the entertainment business, and they want, you know, as much yeah. as they want to win, and that's the first priority. But they want to entertain too. I mean, this is what they do, yeah. right? Um, you know, you, you know, when you're sitting, in, you know, your driveway shooting baskets as a kid, or you know, mm-hmm. hitting off the tee, or or skating around the rink and pretending that you know the cl- t- clock's ticking down and you're going to win the Stanley Cup. It wasn't in an empty rink that you're dreaming of. <laughs> that crowd always erupts, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's I mean, like, <sighs> you know, you do the whole, uh, you know, the whole uh, hum of the crowd thing. Yeah, you're right, they're, they're, and I think that that gives you a little pep in your step. And um, but it was just from a like, and I wasn't in the arena. I can imagine I have been there before when it's when it's electric, um, and and I just. I just got to believe that, that that was a great atmosphere for anybody that was at that game. It came through on television, which is hard to do sometimes. But, man, the, the crowd was into it from from the national anthem on. So um, good for them, good for Tampa Bay. And then, you know, across the bay at the same time, uh, the Tampa Bay Rays were playing uh, their second game of the series against the Royals. Well, my question is, are they really across the bay? Because those hats by New Era just said area code 813. Boy, talk about a fail, huh? Oh, how much money do you think New Era cost themselves with those things? A, a bit of a, a bit of a, I mean, a bit of a flaw there. I don't, well, I don't know. I mean, how does no one figure that out at New Era? And and I don't know if the team has to approve of these things. I'm guessing Boy, they didn't because anyone, there's no way the team approves it without that. There's no way. Could it have been an oversight? No, no, right. Yeah, I don't know how that happens. In case you ha- you're not aware of this, so New Era is putting out these local hats, and it's mm. they got hats with all kinds of things on it. So the Lightning has like you know palm trees and mm-hmm. a bunch of other you know L A has you know whatever they've got out there, and they've got like ten area codes listed on the hat. Yeah, and so they make the Tampa Bay Rays one, and all it has is area code eight one three. Oops, there's no seven two seven. Now, if you'd have put them both on there, that hat's fine, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's it, yeah. it's Tampa Bay. It's yeah, mm-hmm. that would have been fine. I mean, like L.A. had like nine area codes on their hat. Or whatever. Sure, whole, sure. I mean, you could have put nine four one on there as well. You might have put three of them. You know, put Sarasota and Manatee on there. Right, right. Know? But you got to have all three. You know, two or three, not 
you got to have St. Pete where they actually play. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's the thing, right? I mean, it's like they don't even play in Tampa, I mean, technically. So. I, I mean, I know that a lot of people like them to move to Tampa, and it's probably the better location for the team. Right. But, well, that might But they're been, not there yeah. at this point. Yeah. I wonder if Sternberg had any say in this. What is Montreal's area code? It wasn't on there, so I guess that's a... Well, that, that's that, at, least, they, at least they didn't have that one. That's true. Yeah. So. They, they could have had a Canadian flag or a you know, maple leaf or something on that, so... They didn't have that. They had a palm tree, but yeah, they uh, apparently they've taken those down off the line. I want to. I just you wonder how the discussions goes. Like, hey, um, Bob, about these Rays hats. Where's the seven two seven, man? <laughs> oh shoot! <laughs> pull them, pull them now. So, so what had happened was, <laughs> yes, right. You said Tampa, right? Like I looked up Tampa, man. I, Tampa's eight one three, right? Uh, yeah, they don't play in Tampa. Ah, damn. <laughs> His last day on the job. Uh, poor Bob. But, yeah, that was that was. Enough. But, anyway, they weren't wearing those hats, but they did wear the hat of Tyler Glasnow, their ace. And, and, man, this dude, if there is a guy, listen, there's a lot of good pitchers in this league <laughs> in baseball. But right now, watching him, if there's a pitcher who has filthier stuff, I don't know who it is. You know, I mean – a lot of guys can throw upper 90s, right? Even a few that can throw 100, right? Um, but show me a guy who has the kind of breaking ball that this dude has, and not just a breaking ball, but like a a sort of a you know a quarter into a payphone, if you guys remember payphones, they used to exist. But like the whole 12 to 6 thing, the Doc Gooden, you know, Bugs Bunny curve or whatever. I mean, it's unbelievable how much depth he gets on this thing. These hitters have no chance against him. I mean, his stuff the other the other night was, I mean, it was so good that it was almost comical how good he was. And um, he just plowed through him, and he gets no runs through eight innings. He's, he he would have gone a complete game. I'm convinced that he not gotten into a little bit of trouble to get a couple of base runners on in the eighth and it burned burned through his pitches a little bit he was i think up over close to 100 um and and so you know they they wound up taking him out um but i mean this guy has to be one of the favorites right now at least to win the cy young in the american league has to be yeah i mean you definitely if you're looking at stuff absolutely i mean his last Mm -hmm. performance obviously wasn't very good that was his worst Mm -hmm. performance of the season that's right. But you love the way he rebounds. You know, what, right. eight, eight innings tonight, no runs. No runs. I mean, yeah. You know, that's exactly. strikeouts. That's what you need your ace to do. And, and that's following the heels of Rich Hill, who had a phenomenal performance last night. He's great. Yeah. Um, you know, Deserved to win. Got the loss, but and gave up two runs, what, 13 strikeouts, no walks. Yeah. 41 that, years old. Yeah. In that performance. Um, you know, you, you really have to like the way the race pitching is shaping up at this point, despite a lot of injuries. and. You know, particularly mm-hmm. the back end more than the starters, but yeah. um, you know all this. As much as we you know panicked at the beginning of the season and and trying to figure everything out, it's amazing how the Rays do it, and and they they have a plan and they figure out how to put the pitchers and players in the best positions to succeed, and they, it more often than not it works. It's pretty incredible. And they've added to it, um, you know, with the trade, obviously. Mm-hmm. They get J.P. Firerizen, who came in, and he did give up the home run to Andrew Benatendi, and that's that's why it went extra innings um, to tie the game 1-1. So that was disappointing. 
is going to happen. He still looks really good. He's definitely a back end of the of the uh, bullpen guy mm-hmm. that I think is going to really help him. And and they, you know, without Nick Anderson, without uh, really a lot of depth, you know, down there, I think I think this guy is going to be a big find. Manuel Margot gets the game winning single, um, you know, to score Kevin Kiermaier walk off, which are always fun. So, yeah, it was it was an entertaining baseball game. It wasn't high scoring, wasn't a lot of offense in it. You know, I think I looked up at one point in their seventh or eighth inning, and, and the Rays had three hits or two hits, and and uh, Kansas City had three or something like that. But um, but if you like Lego pitching uh, and good defense, there's some good plays out there as well as there always is with the race. They can throw the gloves at you, man. So, look, 12 out of 13 is hard to do in the big, in the big leagues. You know, they, they won 11 in a row. They got beat um, on a really great pitching effort, you know, the night before um, they lose, lose that game. And then, and then what you like about it is they bounce right back and, and they're trying to start another winning streak. They, too, are starting to look like that team that we saw a year ago, you know, um, that was in a lot of close games. And when they got there, they found ways to win them. And they just they're comfortable being in that situation. That's sort of what they do. And more often than not, they come out on top. They're playing good baseball. Um, like to see them hit better at the top. I don't know what it is. Could there be something? And I know they've had some good pitching against them. You know the teams they played. Um, you know at home. But could there be anything that you know whether it's psychological i i can't put my finger on it but it just seems like they play so much better and hit so much better away from the trap well the, the biggest example of that was always willie adamas who right now sure. should be lighting up the national league that's right he's, not playing he's in milwaukee every day yeah he's gonna hit for for a lot yeah um but yeah i i don't know why i mean you know they're what the best record in the american league and, on the road, yeah. Well, no, no. Or overall, and, the best and, and on the road. League, and they have a losing record at home. Yeah, right. I mean, that's it's incredible. Crazy. Although, to be honest, Boston's a half game behind them, and they're only a game over at home. I mean, they're a mm-hmm. good road team, too. Right. Um, but, yeah, it's why they don't hit there, I, it, who knows? And it's because, I you know, look, if the Rays could figure it out, I'm sure they would you know do whatever it took to fix it, I would think. You know, turn mm-hmm. the air conditioner on. Let's go. Let's blow it out towards the outfield. Yeah. You know, whatever you got to do. It, it's it's puzzling because last year they were so good at home. Yeah, they they were. I mean, they did. They have a great. They had a good record. I, I you know, you did have your players like you said, Willie Adamas. Yeah. That they didn't were twenty hit well and nine there. at home last year. Yeah, and it should be an advantage. Look, if there's any ballpark that you should you should profit mm-hmm. from, it's the one with mm-hmm. you know the catwalks and the and the A B C D rings and you know. Teams coming in there losing the ball and the roof and all, you know, teams that don't play there much, you could see where they would really struggle, you know, uh, especially defensively. Um, and, uh, and and so they should have an advantage at the trap, a big one. But it just doesn't seem like they swing the bats very well there. So it's just weird. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Meanwhile, uh, moving on to the Buccaneers. So we've got the match again. 
This was entertaining on social media, if nothing else. So I get a call from um, the way things these things work. I get a call from uh, Turner Sports uh, and uh, Tony Morale, who used to who used to be a PR guy for the Bucks back when they won the Super Bowl in '02. He's now with uh, with Turner, but um, this thing was going to be announced around eleven o'clock or so on Wednesday, and it's returning July sixth. Uh, this time. It's Phil Mickelson teaming again with Tom Brady. Those are the old guys of the group. Uh, and it's going to be against Bryson DeChambeau and Aaron Rodgers. How about that matchup? Mickelson, DeChambeau, Brady, Rodgers against each other. We know who's going to win the long drive contest. Yeah. You think? No. I don't, I don't, uh, know. I don't know. Is Aaron Rodgers a good golfer? I don't even – I have no idea. I think I think he is a good golfer. I I would assume. I mean, he seems like he does everything well, right? I mean, yeah. But I mean, I think, I, yeah. I have no reason to believe he wouldn't be, but I don't. You know. I'll tell you what was great about this is the smack talk already began, and ninety nine percent of it is from Brady. I and I don't. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like Tom Brady does all this himself. Okay, like he's got a social media team, a production mm-hmm. company, all of that. I hope that he sees most of these that go that go out under his name. I'm sure he does. But man, it was a clown show. He clowned everybody. And on his Instagram when he um and, and this was the other thing that happened. So Turner was gonna release it at eleven oh five AM and they said and Tom Brady's gonna release it at eleven oh two AM. <laughs> so so Brady his, Brady's production company actually has a, a piece of this uh broadcast or whatever. They're gonna be playing in uh in Big Sky, Montana, which incidentally, this is July sixth. On July 5th, I'll be in Montana. So, hmm, maybe I should uh, zip on over. Uh, it's, it's actually about 350 miles from where I'm going to be. But Right off the trip. Yeah, well, hey. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, Mr. Taxman, I might do that. Or give a very good rate for the, uh, for the company if they let me cover it. So when, when, they, when Brady announced uh, uh, you know, his Capital One, uh, the match, uh, on Instagram, he wrote, two champions, obviously him and Mickelson, Versus a scientist and a Jeopardy host. <laughs> That's perfect, man. Because DeChambeau, you know, he is the uh, he's the guy that's trying to change golf with all the angles. And, and, of course, he gained like 40 pounds eating his protein shakes and steaks and whatever else and swings from the heels on everything he hits. Now, the other part of, uh, of Brady's... You know, who, who is, he's, now, he's now the, the monster of meme... Uh, the master of meme... You know, the other day after, I think it was after the PGA Championship and Brooks Kepka uh, finished behind Phil Mickelson by a couple of shots. And they were interviewing Kepka and Bryson DeChambeau walks by just behind him on camp, you know, walks right through their shot, you know. And Kepka gives maybe one of the biggest, most epic eye rolls you've ever seen. You know, shakes his head like you could you could feel just how much he despises Bryson DeChambeau. I mean, he couldn't hide it. He didn't try to hide it. Like he was he was on camera, he was live. He knew he knew exactly what he was doing. And and so now that's become a meme for everything. And and so Brady picked it up as well and was just crushing people for it. Um you know, you you show you know, you'd show DeChambeau uh walking by and they and then Brady's Brady's caption for DeChambeau walking by was the Packers kicking a field goal down seven. And then the eye roll with Kepka was Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> so he was, 
he was just crushing them, you know, um, through this whole thing. Somebody was saying, they go, look, if Aaron Rodgers had any any uh, intentions of going back to Green Bay, Tom Brady just single-handedly destroyed, <laughs> destroyed any chance he has of going back there. Um, you know, he tweeted out two old guys versus the young bucks. Uh, Bryson DeChambeau better get used to laying up because we know Aaron Rodgers isn't going to go for it. Ah, a reference to, uh, you know, to the, to the fourth down play where the Packers kicked the field goal in the NFC championship game. This is much watched TV. Remember a year ago, and we talked about this when, uh, Phil Mickelson won the PGA. It was a year ago that same weekend, this past weekend that they played the match. And at the time it was Tiger Woods, uh, and Peyton Manning against Brady and Mickelson and Mickelson and Brady lost, but it was the only sporting, it was like maybe the first sporting event of any kind that was really televised that was live. And it was an exhibition. Obviously, it was for charity, and they raised money for COVID-19 relief, millions and millions of dollars. But I, we, the, the nation watched this thing because there was no sports. Sports had completely gone gone silent because of the pandemic, you know, um, late late May, around Memorial Day last year. So, you know, this was, um, this was a well-received sporting event that everybody, you know, and of course Brady didn't disappoint him. He was kind of duffing it around like a lot of weekend hackers, but then he hit, you know, uh, one amazing shot, you know, the holes out from 125 yards or something like that, ripped his pants. I mean, there was, there was so much going on there. Charles Barkley was clowning him. So it was, it was fun. Like it was a, it was a fun event and, you know, they didn't waste any time after Mickelson, you know, won the other day. So yeah, the two old guys, Brady at uh, will be forty four, Mickelson at fifty. Uh, I guess Brady won't be forty four when he plays this match. It'll be about a month shy of that. But um, heck, I get. I hope I get to go see it. I would. I would. I know I'm going to watch it. It starts at five p.m. on July sixth, and they're going to televise that on Turner. So that was fun, man. It was fun watching them go back and forth. So quarterback, celebrity quarterback here in Tampa Bay. Nothing like it, right? Absolutely. That's what we've been dreaming for. We can yeah. have nice things. We can. We have him with Tom Brady. If only uh and your, boy, your boy Gronk was at the lightning game tonight. So Was he there? Yeah, he was. I didn't know yeah. that. He was in oh, a suite. Wow. They showed him on the, the video board. Okay. We're in lightning gear? Did he have the lightning yeah, gear absolutely. on? Yeah, he had the jersey on and all that. Yeah. But he, he played the uh, whole goaltender thing for all it was worth, yes. right, on social oh, yes. media? Well, they played that video there, too. So Okay. Did he get a big hand? Did people go crazy? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Super Bowl champ, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I mean they live among us. They're right here. It's it's pretty cool. It's there's not listen, we're and I'll keep saying this. Folks enjoy what you're watching right now. I've I've lived here my whole life. I've covered sports my whole life it seems. And I'm here to tell you best team in the American League record-wise again coming again. Yeah, right. Did it second year in a row. Um went to the World Series all the way to game 6. Stanley Cup champion, trying to defend their title, got through the first round, very tough Florida team, looked like they can go all the way. And then the Buccaneers with 22 returning starters from the Super Bowl and Tom Brady. It, folks, it will never get better than this. It just won't. Yeah. And even you the know, Rowdies. I mean, Rowdies are undefeated after winning Rowdies the are unbeaten. Eastern yeah. Conference last year in the USL. Yeah. Now they're undefeated to start the season at 4-0. Yeah. I mean, what what more do you want here, folks? I mean, it's just, it is, it is the, we will look back at this 25 years from now, um, God willing, if, if I'm still alive, but, but people will look back at this here and they'll go, man, remember when the Rays, the Bucks, the Rowdies, 
you know, uh, the Lightning, they were all world champions or they're all the best in their business, in their sport at the same time. It's really incredible. You know, it's just. It really is. And then you look at, you know, because and look at like Detroit. They got yeah. four. They got four teams going through rebuilds all well, at the same time. The Lions have always been through. Well, yeah, I'm not saying I'm not saying some of them are taking longer than others, but right. the Tigers no, but are going the, through a rebuild. The Red Wings are going through a rebuild. The yeah, the Lions are always going through a rebuild, and the Pistons are too. Right. I mean, and there know, were times when they were all champions. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I mean, the Red Wings won champions. The Pistons were champions. The Tigers won World Series. You know, yeah. Lions have been the Lions, but whatever. But I mean, you know, you could be teams like the cities like that. I mean, this. My kids are so spoiled. Oh, I did have no idea. You know, they have no idea. They, I mean, they, you know, I wake them up in the morning and like, you know, you know who won the game last night? Well, the Lightning or the Rays. I mean, they <laughs> they just they know. I mean, they just guess. But yeah, you know, more often than not, that's the correct answer. Yeah. Well, it's fun to watch, and this this baseball team. I, I give Kevin Cash and those guys a lot of credit. It looked it looked pretty dark and gloomy the way they were not swinging the bats, and they still have. A lot of games like this one the other night that if you pitch if you pitch well against them they're not gonna they're not gonna threaten very much but they play such great defense and and um, their pitching is just the way they they work it has been masterful and they've done it again they've they've found enough depth uh, to weather all these injuries and the long season and guys not being built up and they're kind of settling into a rotation now um, and when you have that anchor when you've got Tyler Glass now to stop any possible losing streak. I mean, that that's what you need on a staff that's going to win a lot of games. I mean, you got to have that guy, and he's it for them. And um, so long as he stays healthy, um, you know, who knows what he could do in, in, in an entire season. The other thing that happened, the NFL, um, they came out uh, and had a conference call where the owners uh, had met, and they basically are restoring pretty much all the protocols if you're a vaccinated player in the NFL, there's nothing that you can't do that you did you did in the past. I mean, you don't you're not going to be tested uh, ever, not during the week, not every day, never. Um, you're not going to be contact traced if you if somebody who with COVID comes into contact with you, they're not going to do anything. You'll have privileges restored to you, uh, all of them on the road. If you want to go to dinner, you can. You can meet with family so long as they're vaccinated. On the other hand, if you're not a vaccinated player, you're basically going to be, you know, treated like a pariah. I mean, you're, you're gonna you're gonna be in, you know, in in protocol hell. Basically, you're gonna be just like last year, where you can't go anywhere, you can't um, be around people, you can't meet, you know, meet with family on the road. Like, um, so I think you know by making it sort of so lopsided that you're going to see a huge compliance of of um of players deciding to become vaccinated and and you know it's a personal choice i can't force them to but at the end of the day there's just so many reasons to do it and i'm hopeful that from a media standpoint because we've talked about this with tom jones um on this podcast before that you know as as society comes back if you're going to allow players to interact with anyone in the public so long as it, you know they're vaccinated, and uh, particularly with people, other people who are vaccinated, then for goodness sakes, let the vaccinated reporters back in the locker room to talk to vaccinated players. You want to keep your unvaccinated guys separate during those forty-five minutes? Cool, you know, stick them in a room, let them eat lunch, listen to music, watch tape, whatever. But for forty-five minutes, I, I want I want to go back in that locker room so I can have the access that I was used to. 
So hopefully we're we're moving towards that. We're still a long way, you know, from August and training camps and preseason games and all of that. Um, but I do hope that uh, it doesn't stop with just guys going to a podium and that sort of thing. Um, so we'll see. T- tomorrow or actually later today, we're going to have a chance to talk to some of the Bucks coordinators, and that'll be fun, um, you know, starting with Todd Bowles. So uh, look forward to that. What else is going on? Well, we're going to do a mailbag in tomorrow's show, so get your questions Yes, in. yes, mailbag. And these have been great. We already got a bunch of them. Yep. Uh, I got three or four. They're really good ones. So the way you do that is you just submit them to us on Twitter, at SportsDayTB. You can reach me on Twitter, at NFL Stroud, or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. We answer anything uh, that you have come to the table, bucks, uh, bolts, rays, rowdy. I mean, you name it, college football. Um, we'll, we'll get it 100%. Correct answer is guaranteed. And so do that. We'll have our mailbag tomorrow, and then that, that will be the week. We'll see where the Lightning end up, um, depending on whether or not the Hurricanes can close their series with Nashville. Uh, they could play, I guess, Steve, as early as Saturday, we would think. If right? if Carolina wins tonight, then mm-hmm. potentially they could start as early as Saturday. I don't know if that will happen or not. Yeah. And it may depend on a lot of the other series, including Toronto, Montreal. That could wrap up tonight. But they would announce that fairly soon, right? Wouldn't they, or would they wait a day? If or they're going to play Saturday, they they would probably announce it as soon as the Carolina, yeah, would so, win that game. I mean, you gotcha. know, or you know, by the end of the evening, they would right. announce for Saturday. I would think, right? Um, right. You know, we found out that Vegas and, and Minnesota were playing Game Seven on Friday at nine o'clock. Actually, they announced that during the game and said, if needed, it'll be at this time. Mm-hmm. But many of the series are wrapping up already, so you know it, it's possible all these series could be done by Friday, which means they would want to start series Saturday and Sunday. I'm sure. So, and much like the the Panthers series, I mean, um, the Lightning will not have home ice because Carolina won the division, correct? Correct. Carolina would get the home ice if Nashville wins, then the Lightning have home ice. Wow, but that man, wouldn't start till at least Monday because Game Seven of Carolina and Nashville would be Saturday. You got to be if you like the Lightning. You got to be huge Nashville Predator fans right now because you get the rest. You get the home ice. The rest is even more important than the home ice. Just that series going to seven games would be great. And the last three games have been in overtime. Two of them in double overtime. The mm. more hockey they play, the better off it is for you. Absolutely. So let Absolutely. them. Let, you know, let them go seven games. You know, whoever wins, fine. But you want them playing Saturday, so you've got you won't start till at least Monday at that point. Yeah. Let them beat the hell out of each other, and and uh, you'll pick up the scraps when you see them. So, well, congratulations to the Lightning. They're through to the second round. They're uh, begun their defense of their Stanley Cup. It is exciting. They look like the team that won it a year ago. We'll see if they can keep that going with John Cooper and the boys. But it was an entertaining night of hockey for sure. So, uh, get your mailbag questions in. We'll answer those tomorrow. Then we'll get you ready for the Lightning, and whoever they play when we uh, when we know when that game will be played. So for Steve Bursnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody.